0: Good morning. It is good to be with you. Um, The children are in. I'm thinking, okay, (laughs) What was I going to say that I shouldn't be saying? I shall be careful as best I can. Um, It's always a delight. And thank you for inviting me again. And I bring you the greetings of Christchurch. It's Paella this morning back home. So we've got some baptisms, and we're taking in a bunch of new members, and paella for everybody afterwards. So uh, we hope we don't poison anybody, but at least I won't be there to get poisoned, so that's good. Um, Let me just take my phone out of my pocket. Not that I'm going to call anybody that I'm aware of. But what I want to do, which I've forgotten to do, is look at the time. There we are. That's helpful. If you have a Bible, would you please turn to John chapter 10? And I'm going to read the first half of it. And it's a familiar story, folks. You know this. Let me just say, up front... There's nothing new to hear this morning. I have nothing that you haven't heard before, nothing that you don't know already. So this is just simply a simple reminder of who Jesus is to us and all that we need in him. It's just that simple. So John chapter 10, let's go. Jesus says, Truly, truly, I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door but climbs in by another way, And Lord, help us as we open this word together. Uh, I don't know if you're aware, but this week, Collins Dictionary, every year, the Collins Dictionary find the word of the year. Last year, it was Vax, V-A-X, which you can imagine uh, with all the vaccines. Anybody know what this year's word is? Okay, it's perma crisis. Okay, perma as in the, from where we get the word permanent Crisis, crisis, permanent crisis. They've defined it in this way, an extended period of insecurity and instability. Don't switch on the news. Or if you do, you will understand why perma-crisis is the perfect word for this year. An extended period of insecurity and instability. And in the midst of it all, I don't know... If you're like me, and maybe if you're ignorant of everything that's going on, whatever, you're not. Or maybe you're just stronger than I am. But if you're like me, it can make you feel quite vulnerable and weak with what is going on in the world in which we live. And the seasons and the times that we're going through. Vulnerable in the sense of, I can't fix this and I can't change this. I feel weak in it almost injured or lost or stupid, what's going on, unprotected at the, I don't know, at the mercy almost of frauds, monsters, fools, it's just what is happening to the world. We shake our head at home sometimes and go, are we living in the twilight zone? It can feel like that at times. How can I protect myself and those I love in the midst of a world that is changing so rapidly and so many things seem to be on a shaky ground in the midst of a perma crisis? How can I do that? And the truth is, I find that difficult. As we look at what's happening, Just over the last, obviously, few years with COVID, but continuing into this year as well, this is what I did a few years ago. 2019, we had everybody around our house, as we tend to do for New Year's Eve, big New Year's Eve party with all our friends. And and so I did something 2019. I said, right, this is what my dad used to do at the beginning of the year. Take a piece of coal. I don't know if any of you know about this. Take a piece of coal, take it out the back door and bring it to the front door and throw it away, or something like that. I think I got it wrong. (laughs) Ever since that time, and then it all hit, didn't it, 2020. All my friends say to me, we're not coming around your house again, and if we do do something this year, I don't want to see that coal. I don't want to see that coal. As if it's all my fault. It's a strange time in which we live. Interest rates are going crazy. Inflation is going through the roof. Um, there's a war going on, which we're very involved in because the Ukrainians living in our homes. So we're always watching it and talking about it. And the incredible challenge is we've never been closer to a nuclear war ever since the Cuban Missile Crisis. And you think, really? That sense of being unprotected, our utilities are going through the roof. After COVID, they're saying, well, do you think COVID's the last one? Yeah, <laughs> it's not. Now we can't even get a turkey for Christmas because of bird flu. Don't worry, it won't go to humans. But I'm worried because I want a turkey for Christmas. On top of that, I've been reading a lot, and we're going to do some teaching over, over what I would call the trans issues. Our kids are in school. I'm not going to say much here with the children here but they're being questioned as to the reality of their very being and the way that the law is changing and the influences into that, you just think, my gracious, what is happening here? Now, I don't think that will last, but in the midst of this season, it will have a major impact. How can I, in this sense of feeling weak and vulnerable, unable to control the circumstances or the future for myself and those I love? Can I do better? And the truth is, we are weak and vulnerable to a large degree in it. You know, when God describes us, he doesn't describe if you're going to describe yourself. Sometimes you go to an interview, I'm told, and one of the big questions everybody says is, what animal would best describe you? Um, You know, obviously. Don't say sloth or um, you know, I'm a lion Yes, sure you are but God describes us, doesn't he, as an animal he describes us as a sheep he describes us as a sheep why? because nobody wants to be a sheep, if you go to an interview and they say what animal most describes you and you say sheep they go, hmm, okay thank you, why? because because they are stupid and helpless and pathetic you know, that's that's how we can, you know, one of, the, one of the great questions regarding evolution, and the proof of evolution, is, is sheep. Because they are incredibly helpless and stupid, but they taste great. So, you know, the proof that evolution isn't right. But, not, not true. But a sheep left to itself or in plural, sheep left to themselves, will die. They will die. So when God calls us sheep, what he realizes is that if left to ourselves, we are absolutely dead. We are ruined. We cannot survive in any way. And this is how God describes us. Do you feel weak? You are. Do you feel incapable at times of changing things? You are. And if you don't feel that, just get older, and it'll come. Vulnerability seems to grow that sense of vulnerability. I don't become a stronger, mightier man of God, more invulnerable. I become weaker and weaker and more and more aware that, yes, I am a sheep. We need saving. We need protecting. We need feeding, just like a sheep. This is a metaphor he uses here of a Palestinian shepherd. The shepherd there, shepherds there, you probably know, were different to the shepherds here. Um, the shepherd leads from the front. The sheep follow him in Palestine. He names them and they call them all. It's not just a number stamped on the back. He knew each sheep by name. And then they would put them in a corral. The shepherds would would gather the sheep together at night. They'd follow them into a corral with a lot of other flocks. And the shepherd would go in there. The gatekeeper recognizes the shepherd, lets him in so that the sheep are corralled. And then the shepherd lies over the gate to protect the sheep. So he protects them so that if a wolf were to come in, it comes to him first. And in the morning, the shepherd calls, and his sheep follow. Now this in very much, I don't have time, but if you go into the Old Testament, this is linked in to the indictment of the shepherds of Israel in Ezekiel chapter 34. So you can read that for yourself at times. But there is this huge indictment. Jesus here is speaking into the Pharisees. And it's an indictment on the Pharisees, their failure to care, the failure to recognize the good shepherd and as they're hearing him, they will know that, that indictment from God in the Old Testament about the false shepherds. And it's the same here. And in that glorious bit of scripture where God is saying, you're not this, you're not this, you're not this. Look at my people. They are weak and helpless and needy, and yet you're not caring for them in the way you should be. But I will come and shepherd my sheep myself. I will come to the weak. I will come to the helpless. And I will give them the life and protection and security and hope that they need. And that's what Jesus is saying here. And so I've got kind of four simple points on the back of this. You know this. But hear it again. Hear it again in whatever situation you're in. Hear it again in any dilemma you may be going through. Hear it again in any Physical crisis, emotional challenge, mental state, financial fears. Here again, who he is. Four points. First point is this. You belong to him. I know that. Hang on a minute. You belong to him. To know where we are To whom we belong. It is one of the greatest needs of the human heart. Identity. Who am I? We were talking about the trends thing. It's about identity. L, G, B, C, Q, whatever it is. It's about where do I fit? Who do I connect with? Who are my people? Who recognizes me in this way? You'll know this from when you're children. We've got four grandchildren. And, uh, you know, we watch... Um, We watch Isla with a little Olivia, her younger sister. And Livy just wants to be involved in everything that Isla's doing. And she just wants Isla to accept her all the time. And as you know, we're siblings. That always doesn't go down well. Particularly with a younger sister or a younger brother. We need to know where we belong. And he says here in verse 3 and 4. To him the gatekeeper opens. The sheep hear his voice. He calls his own sheep, his own sheep, by name And leads them out. And when he has brought out all his own, he goes before them and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. You belong to him. He called you by name. You didn't, you know, you didn't find him. He came out and found you, drew you to himself, put irresistible grace before you. And caused you to run towards him. He called you. And he says again in verse 14. Take a look at this. He says, I am the good shepherd. I know my own. And my own know me. Just as the father knows me. And I know the father. He's saying, I know these. To the same degree. In the way that the father knows me. And I know the father. So these sheep these people belong to me they're that intimate with me and he continues to call us and continues to lead us and we're his now that seems so stupidly simple thing to say but in the midst of the twilight zone of perma crisis i belong to him I belong to him. I remember when my dad died 20-plus years ago now. It's a long time ago. I felt incredibly vulnerable. It wasn't just the grief and loss of my dad. I loved my dad. We were very close. Dad was always there, always protecting. I was part of his family. Even though I was married with children, dad was there. Dad was always the backstop. For everything. And when dad died, this sense of fear and vulnerability. Oh, my gracious. I've lost that place of where I am. Then when Mum died, and for those of you who know it, and, and then, okay, now I'm an orphan in some ways. And my kids and my grandkids are looking to me, but it causes me to think, where do I belong? Well, Jesus says, this is where you belong. You belong to me. Before you belong to a church or a movement, or a family, or a career, or an identity. You belong to him. That is your identity. Christ in me, the hope of glory, and me in him, known intimately and loved. So we belong to him. Secondly, you are safe with him. Again, back to Ezekiel 34, when God promises the shepherd that would come and lead his flock that I will do it myself, he says this, they will dwell securely. They will dwell securely. So we have identity, but in him, this good shepherd, we have security. So in verse 7, he says, I am the door of the sheep, as I explained. What that means is it's a, that's a word of protection, That sense that nothing can get through to you or to me. Nothing. Nothing of danger. Nothing of harm. Nothing of, oh my gracious, I'm so sorry. It missed me. How did this happen? Now I'm not saying that life is all going to be sweet and roses. We know it isn't. But because Christ is the door to you. You can dwell securely knowing. So you're waiting for the diagnosis. Or you're looking at your disintegrating pension. What's happened to that, Pete? I don't know. Or you're waiting for the gas bill. It could be one of a thousand things. A thousand natural shocks that flesh is heir to. Nothing... Permeates outside of the grace of God in Jesus Christ as your good shepherd. I'm the door of the sheep. So they say, yes, you're gonna have to undergo treatment. That's okay, because the door of the sheep has allowed that. He is not just sovereign. We, We think of we when we talk about Dealing with challenging things. And we say, well, God is sovereign and he is sovereign. But we think of the sovereignty of God as up there overseeing all things in his hands, which is true. Moving history and nations, all this is true. But this is sovereignty, your savior lying across the door to your life, whom he intimately knows. And loves, he protects the going out, he says, and the coming in, he is there. He lies across the door of our life. Life is frightening. There are many dangers, toils and snares. but in Christ we have security. Why? I'm the good shepherd. The other ones, do you know what they do? They're hired hands. They're there sometimes, they're not there other times. If it looks too dangerous, they get out of the way. Not me. So you know what? When you go to sleep tonight, don't watch the news before you go to bed. Or when you wake up tomorrow and you haven't felt that, we've been talking about it, particularly if you're in a crisis situation, that rush of cortisol is your fight or flight mechanism. It's, 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 it's that horrible, gut, gut-wrenching, oh no, what's going to happen? And you can't fight, and you can't fly. Remember this, you are secure. And the promise of God in Ezekiel 34 that he would send and come himself as the good shepherd and cause you to dwell securely is true. Thirdly, purpose. You belong in him, you are safe with him, you have hope in him. Personally, in verse 10, the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. Personally, the shepherd comes not just to give a sense of which to which flock do I belong and to whom do I belong, not just so that we can be dwell secure away from all the traumas, but I have a future and a hope. But you can have life, and I've come that you might have life in him, in the midst of it all, abundantly, flowing over, not just you, but a growing flock. There's others as well that need to come in. There's others that will come in, and they will have this life. There'll be one shop flock and one shepherd. Being known for, cared for. I, there's so much I could go through, but I don't want to take up all your time this morning. But the sense of purpose, the sense of life abundant. When Jesus says, I've come that you might have life abundant, In all its fullness. What what do you think about in that situation? What what does that mean for you? What does it mean for me? Life in all its fullness. New car, bigger house, health, happiness. Now, life in all its fullness is this I know to whom I belong, I know where I am safe. And I know that the future is held for me. Identity, security, purpose. They are the three things that we live for, long for, and need. And Jesus says, all in me. One flock, one shepherd with abundant life. Finally, you're loved by him. You belong to him, you're safe with him, you have hope in him, you're loved by him. Being known, being cared for, being secure, having purpose is one thing, but he's not doing it as a hired hand. He's not doing it as someone who has to do it because the Father has said he has to do it. He's not lying across the gateway of your life to protect you because that's his job. He's not saying come and be a part of this flock because someone's paying him. It's all coming from the one who loves you all the way through. To save this flock, he says, this is love. The shepherd must give the ultimate, his life. Lord, why is this happening? Do you love me? Do I love you? see the blood, see the cross, of course I love you, you see it all the way through here, verse 11, I'm the good shepherd, the good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep, again in verse 15, Just as the Father knows me, and I know the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. Verse 17, for this reason the Father loves me, because I lay down my life that I may take it up again. Verse 18, no one takes it from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. Oh my gracious, do you hear it? Everything he's saying focuses into this one thing. Look, uh, you belong to me. You're secure with me. You have purpose and life in me. If you're questioning that, listen to me again and again and again and again. I love you. And I will prove all this is true by giving my life for you. The sheep are not just weak. He doesn't lay his life down just because they're weak. This good shepherd lays his life down because... They are rebellious. These are not poor little lamb. We are poor little lambs who have lost our way. <laughs> no, we're not. We are stubborn, rebellious, selfish, stupid sheep who, when the shepherd says, follow me, we go, get lost. It's the very nature of sin i do it my way, thank you. So he has to take the punishment for that. These sheep should be cut up. These sheep should be not just sheared, but eaten. These sheep should be done away with. These sheep deserve nothing. But this shepherd lays his life down. So the scripture says, All we like sheep have gone astray. We run off together, just like you see sheep. One fool goes over the edge and they all follow. Why? Because they'd rather do that than hear the voice of the shepherd. But the shepherd lays down his life. So he himself, Peter says, bore his sins, our sins, in his body on the tree. And by his wounds you have been healed for. We were straying like sheep, but have now returned, beautiful picture, to the shepherd and overseer of your souls. Do you know what? That's not just something that happens when you become a Christian. We were straying like sheep, but he himself Pour our sins on the body of the tree, but we have now returned to the shepherd and overseer of our souls, and that's it now sorted. Do you know what? That's an ongoing way of living. Because we're still sheep. We still stray. He says, here, find your identity in me. I belong to you. Here, you are safe with me. I'll keep you here. you have purpose and hope in me. I will give you life abundantly. And we still, because we are both saint and sinner, we still go, I'll find my identity elsewhere. I'll find it in how I look. I'll find it in my academic career. I'll find it in my football team. I'll find my identity, thank you. We say, he says, you're safe with me. You say, well, I'll just protect myself a little bit more on this, thank you. You know, I only take 63 vitamins a day because I'm terrified. I'm not saying don't take vitamins, but that sense of self-protection and worry. Worry is a sense of self-protection because I, it's, it's an insurance for something going wrong. If I worry enough about it, then maybe it won't happen. It's self-protection. We protect ourselves. We find identity elsewhere. And we look for purpose in everything and anything. And he says, I've got the three, We still go astray. And yet, he himself bore our sins for that in his body on the tree. For we were straying like sheep. And we still stray like sheep. But he calls us always to return to the shepherd and overseer of our souls. I have to do that all the time. Lord, here I am again. Forgive me. As we prayed, forgive me for trying to find my identity elsewhere. Forgive me for looking for security that is a false hope. Forgive me for trying to find a future outside of you. Lord, you are my identity. You are my security. You are my purpose. Let my soul return to the shepherd and overseer of that soul and be at peace. So, to finish, because of this, Psalm 23 is a present reality. Let's read it. I'm going to read it. And finish. I know you know it by heart, probably. Some of you will just be able to read it out. But in light of what he says here, that this is not a distant sovereignty, but a present reality in the midst of this perma-crisis that life is. life. The whole of life is a perma-crisis. And yet, in the whole of life, we have this good shepherd when we feel rubbish, weak, helpless, stupid, and lost. And David can say, and we say, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still Waters, He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. And even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff that I feel, they comfort me. Paul would say in Romans 8, so what can separate us from the love of God in Jesus Christ our Lord? Can persecution or distress or famine or nakedness no in all these things we are more than conquerors through Him who loved us and gave Himself to offer us. We have a good shepherd. Christians, you're not on your own, you are not alone. Do not try to find your own sense of where I belong, where am I safe, what am I about. But recognize the one who loves you and cares for you. And find a way in your life of regularly, continually, happily returning to the shepherd and overseer of your soul who loves you and cares for you. And if you're not a Christian, you're a sheep without a shepherd. That is not good. You were never made to live alone. And you will never make it apart from him. But he calls you and calls you to come and be part of his flock. There are, there are those here yet that still aren't part of my flock, he's saying. But they must come too. And if you... Like he, and you're, you have not received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. He died on the cross. He shed his blood. He has given his life away that you might know his love. You might know where you belong. You might know where you are secure. And you might know what your life is all about. And all you have to do is turn to him and say, help, I need you. What a joy to see a good shepherd. I know I know this isn't the kind of message you go, wow, wow. Pfft, pfft. My mind was blown. I never saw those things. This is incredible. Oh, my gracious. I didn't know. No, it's like, yeah, I know that. Yeah, I know that. Yeah, I know that. Oh, yeah. Let's wait a week. Or a month, or a year, or an hour. Do I know it? Ah, Lord, let me see it. Let me feel it. I want to. We're going to sing a hymn. Let's read one. I love this. This is Augustus' top lady. I got so many. I could just. I shouldn't preach. Just read hymns. I walk around with this thing all day long. He says, this is, you know, the tune of... um, Um, I'm not going to sing it. He says, A sovereign protector have I, Unseen, yet forever at hand, Unchangeably faithful to save, Almighty to rule and command. He smiles... And my comforts abound. His grace as the Jews shall descend. And walls of salvation surround. The soul he delights to defend. Inspirer and hearer of prayer. Thou shepherd and guardian of thine. My all to thy covenant care. I sleeping and waking resign if thou art my shield and my sun, the night is no darkness to me. And fast as my moments roll on, they bring me but nearer to thee. The shepherd and guardian of thine. Let's pray, and then we'll sing. Father, I pray that in the, in the simplicity Of that picture Jesus shows us of himself being the good shepherd. And and the simplicity that we know these truths. Lord, we pray that by your Holy Spirit. That we would not just know them as facts. And know them as truths. But we would feel them. In reality, Lord, forgive us when we go astray. Forgive us when we find that identity or security or purpose outside of you. Thank you for sending your son to bleed and die and lay down his life. And then three days later, take it up again as you rose him from the dead thank you that that very one loves us, laid his life down because he loves us, and lays across the gate of our lives to give us life abundantly. May we taste it and know it and live in it. In Jesus' wonderful name. Amen.